guys, welcome to the Mariah Report. I'm Dan Enriquez. I'm Martin Burgess. And we are coming to you from New York. We're both here. We're, We're back. <laughs> I'm back. You're back. And I survived. I did not get sun poisoning. You got <laughs> I mean, color though. I did, Finally. which is crazy. I, I look like a different person. I know. It's a whole new world for me. Yeah. But yeah, I, I loved it. It was great, you know. All those moments. I went to Malibu. Oh, yeah? Yes, and I drove by Nobu Malibu. Oh, you did? <laughs> and I was like, that's where Mariah be going. Did you see anybody else lurking no, around? There's nobody lurking around there. <laughs> I don't know. Malibu is a lot to handle, but <laughs> it's all beautiful and cute. But here we are. We're back to Mariah business. There's a lot going on. There is so much going on. We got the book coming out. We have our book club, which is going to be the Mariah Report no, Mariah Book Report. Yeah, you can look it up now and subscribe. It's still in beta mode. We're still putting it together. Yes. We'll have it together in time. Don't worry. We'll get Don't it together. Don't worry. It'll be it'll all be there and we got some great things coming. But it's, it's gonna yeah. be super cute. But it's called the Mariah Book Report. Yeah. Get it? <laughs> you see you see what we're doing there? You see that? Okay. So we're look clever. Up. Yeah, we have some great artwork from Sean who does our graphics. Oh, love it. You're love, love it. it. So yeah. head over. You can subscribe on Apple. It's coming to Spotify any minute now. Keep your eyes peeled for that. But we're going to be breaking down the chapters one by one, theorizing, dissecting, having a good time. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, I know most people this week are, as we love to say, gagging out yes. over this Oprah interview. Clutching their pearls. Girl, I can't believe it. This is exactly what we wanted. Well, we visualized this for yeah, years. We, we, <laughs> we put it out there, aka into our suggestion box. Yes. And I don't know, maybe Mariah had the same idea. Or she stole it from us. It's obvious it's, what you would do, though. You would it's, go to, like it's a no-brainer. Yeah. Um, so, But here's the thing. like We obviously both watched it, but mm -hmm. we're not going to dive into it because we have a, a bigger special guest coming up later. And so... We're going to talk with them. But um, let's talk briefly about it. Like The opening interview? Yeah. What did we love? Love that Mariah was actually talking and answering questions. Mm -hmm. And, and when, at the end, when she said she felt freer, spoiler alert, by the way. Spo yeah, please, listened, please. You have to listen. When she said she felt freer, I believed her. Because you could tell through the interview she yeah. was talking and was free and, and was sharing her story exactly exactly and oprah was asking all the right questions mm -hmm. even when oprah said at one point she was like what'd she say now hold up hold yes, up sis. yes yes because mariah has been trained so well through her years in the business to sort of skirt away from issues and and oprah had to bring it back and she's like that's not what i asked you mariah mm -hmm. i need this i need this mm -hmm. and then mariah she took that that deep breath and she said okay like you know and she she stepped there she yes. went and she answered the question and yeah. the best and the, really the answer is it's it's difficult yeah it's not a clear yes or no yeah so i love that i loved all those moments yeah there was some tea spilt as they say on the streets uh-huh that's all going to be in the book. Yeah, I can't wait for the deeper oh dive into those gosh. stories. Yes. Oh, we're going to get it. We are going to get it because the family moments. Mm -hmm. <sighs> Patricia. Oh, I know. Wasn't that disappointing? You know, I mean, it is it is a little disappointing just because I think as a collective fan base, we always thought that their relationship was really super close and very... Yeah. Um, solid. Solid. And Patricia was in her court, in her mm -hmm. lane with her. But you know what? It's something that I already feel a connection with Mariah through uh, that. Because, yeah. you know, like 
I my my mother was not my best friend. Same. Like we Hello. were not. Like we, you know what I mean. This but is the, it's just... the dysfunctional mothers' club over here. <laughs> <laughs> and now we have a president. But yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that was really interesting, and I just thought the whole overall it was so refreshing. And an hour and twenty minutes. Yeah, I thought it was gonna be. Like a quick twenty minute thing. Well, if you look at the other episodes, they're like thirty five minutes, mm-hmm. fifty minutes max. Yeah. But then I was like one twenty. Oh my god. Yes. Yes. Good. So it was it was through and through really great. Of course, we'll probably touch upon it more in the book club. Yes. Yes. Um, but uh, this is our last like episode before the actual book is in our hands. Well, I think it's reassuring to watch that interview because now we know. We're for sure in the book getting real stories and we're yeah. going into detail. Yeah. We're not going to be alluding to things and skipping over things. We're going in. Right. It's all right there. And that is why this week on the Mariah Report, we have none other than Michaela Angela Davis, the co-author of The Meaning of Mariah. So here's our conversation with her. Enjoy. Hi, fellas. How are you? <laughs> we are well. How are you? I'm great. Where, where are you? We're in New York. You're in New York. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, I miss New York so much. I, I, I lived in New York most of my life. Oh wow! Until just a year ago. Oh yeah, I came in the '80s as a teen. Like I'm New York. I had a very, I had a 30 year marriage with New York, and we just broke up. We we both grew very. (laughs) You know, I hope it was an amicable breakup, though. (laughs) Well, you know. We both just grew differently, you know. We, it, it was, um, it was no one's fault. Mm-hmm. <laughs> New York, you know, New York changed and I changed, and yeah. it wasn't, you know, a compatible. Like I'll always, there's always a part of me there. My daughter lives there. Like there's oh, nice. just so much of my life there. But now I'm kind of stuck in between New York and LA. I'm on oh, my nice. way to LA, and then COVID happened. Well, and I came to Sedona, Arizona to write this book, to really, to really get into um, the discipline of writing. And my mother lived in, already lived in Sedona. I don't know if you've ever been here or know about it. It's gorgeous. There's like pink rocks everywhere and like vortexes and healthy lifestyles. So I'm literally living under a rock. And it really was um, because of this book that I, I wanted to get out of the, you know, you're on a grid in New York City. There is a force field mm-hmm. of energy. It's, it's a force field of energy, creativity, but also it's hectic and and just there's so many distractions. True. And, you know, the what it takes to write is a very different kind of discipline than other kind of art forms. And you really have to not be distracted, right? Mm-hmm. And so I, I just had to get off the grid. And um, coming to Sudo, this was a perfect place as my home base to write. Um, and then, you know, once COVID happened, like there was no need to make a, a move. Like, and MC and I were just talking. We had no, like, there was no way for us to imagine that, you know, the day of the book release, like, we weren't going to be somewhere like twirling and having like, the most amazing book party in the world. And yeah. Yeah. I don't think anyone would have imagined <laughs> any of this could have happened. But uh, none he, of it. Here we are. So you've been I, out there yeah. for the, the entirety of COVID? Yes. Oh, and, wow. and I literally left New York. 
I did, I had done my last session with MC, like the last uh, recorded session with MC on March 13th. And I got on a flight. Oh, that wow. Was yeah. The last, wow. Yeah. That was it. That was like, we were in the Moroccan room doing our last sort of like fill in the blanks and talking, you know, doing some of the last sort of storytelling. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I got on the plane and that was it. Oh my gosh. And, the, know, and the whole world it. changed. And well, the whole yeah. world changed. But speaking speaking of New York, you know, Mariah's obviously a New Yorker as well. Was mm-hmm, when you first mm-hmm. met each other, I guess was maybe 15 years ago. What yes. obviously that was like a commonality that the two of you had. Um, was that something that like sparked like a, a connection? Obviously, hometown. You no, know, you know, it, it was interesting. The idea of New York and didn't come until way later. I what when we first met, it was kind of in a professional setting. I was the culture, beauty, and fashion editor of Essence magazine, and they had never had Mariah Carey on the cover before. And, you know, Essence magazine is the magazine for black women. Right. There's so many reasons, you know, which she's talked about why she hadn't been on that cover. And so I was invited to a listening party for emancipation. And I just thought that it was like any other industry listening party because I, I was in the music, entertainment, and fashion sort of journalism world. So it's very common when an artist had a new album that um, journalists and press and industry people would get together and listen to the album. That's what I thought I was being invited to. Uh-huh. I ended up at this studio. I think it was the Hit Factory. And I get there. No one else is there. I'm like, oh, I'm a nerd. I'm there early. And L.A. Reid is sitting at this console. And there's like beautiful white flowers and tall vases and candles. And he's impeccably dressed. And he offers me a glass of champagne, tells me to sit down. And he just starts playing the album. And so, and it's like, I'm, I'm like losing my mind because the music was, because prior to that, I was a Mariah. I respected Mariah. I really liked her. Butterfly, we all got our life. All of us. All of us. (laughs) You know, I never identified as a lamb or a super fan or, you know, particularly when you're a journalist, you try to avoid being that, right? Because there's so Mm -hmm. many artists and you want to try to have this sort of cultural objectivity. So there's a part of me that didn't, part of me that didn't allow myself to be like, to um i wasn't a lamb i was just i loved her particularly loved um butterfly and then but emancipation every single song was a hit Mm -hmm. so i was like it was just one after the other like shaking off circles oh even the ones that that didn't become like chop toppers were still amazing and so i was just having a moment creatively i'm like oh my god Mariah Carey. Right? It's like a like, mind-blowing... Like, I, like, I was excited. Yes. Like, it was all the things. And then, and then the title of it. And then when he played Fly Like a Bird, I I start, I had goosebumps. And I, t- I was like, hold on. And I walked out of the studio and I called my editor-in-chief and I said, listen, I'm coming into your office tomorrow and I am not leaving until you agree to put Mariah Carey on the cover because this is the album and particularly... That song, the title 
centered black women like she had never done before. Mm-hmm. Like if we're ever going to have a moment with her, this is it. And so when I walked back in the studio, Mariah's standing there and I'm dying. So it's just me and Mariah and L.A. Reid. Like, so, that, so when I met her, our first connection was visual. Like it was, she related to me. I was this tall, light-skinned, blonde, black girl. And, you know, and she writes and talks so much about feeling different. So that, that was our initial, it was family. I'm like, oh my God, you look like my cousin. And like, you know, she had, so that was our first thing was like recognition. And when you, I mean, you all know her and this notion of feeling othered and outside. Absolutely. Recognition with another human is very big. Mm -hmm. And so that's where we first started. But at the same time, I was so incredibly like moved by the music. So then our next connection was just talking about music and the songwriting and the artistry. And then that, so the first night that we met, I think we talked for 14 hours. Like I ended up in the Moroccan room watching the sun come up Mm. and I guess New York was a moment because the Moroccan room is downtown in Tribeca. It's at the top on the top floor and so we could see the whole city waking up. It's like, a, it was like a whole moment. Yeah. And so w- she loved that room. So much had happened in that room. A lot of this book was created in that room, meaning the storytelling part. Right. So, you know, and I, it, it was interesting because I didn't really know how much she loved New York City until we, until we really started getting into the storytelling Mm. now is that the moroccan room is that where how did you the two of you decide to work on this particular project on the book like was more because there was that uh almost like you know familiar connection mariah and and you had made that connection and then it was easier for her to open up to you do you think that's why mariah had sort of chosen you to to help her in on this uh journey well, to Mariah's credit, so yes, so the, the answer is yes, and then there's more. Yes, uh-huh. meaning we made a connection that night, and from that night, and then she got the cover of Essence, which was a big deal for her. Like, it was a big yeah. deal for Black women to finally really surround her and embrace her and um, love her in that way, right? And so from that, and she was very happy with the way that the article had framed it. Like she was just happy with that experience. Mm-hmm. It was an important experience. So then we just stayed friends. And, you know, if she had to give a speech or when she went to meet Mandela, I was like a sounding board for her in terms of just language. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Cause yeah. she's an impeccable writer, mm-hmm. particularly a songwriter. Yes. Songwriting and narrative are different, but we're like sister, you know, it's a sister kind of thing. So, this is to Mariah's credit. Mariah was only interested in working with me on this book. She was very clear with the publishers. I'm not going to do a celebrity tell-all. I'm not going to do some throwaway. If I'm going to, she wanted to write her story, like her real life story and all of the nuances and the complexities and the layers. She She needed to know that that the person that was that she was going to work with understood them not a, not only understood them but had language for them 
And right. it's very complicated. Yeah. It's very complicated because it's identity, race, gender, um, class, um, you know, being in America, like all these complexities about her identity were really critical. And so I felt uniquely qualified. Uh-huh. Yeah, I would to say work so. On this with her, but but she was clear. She she was she was clear. Someone asked me this question um, not long ago too. Is like, did she have to be sort of coerced? And not at all. Like this was her deciding. This was the time that I'm going to tell my story. So I didn't have to pull anything out of her. And also, as lambs, you know. You go back in her songs, if you look at pedals, if you look at looking in, if you look at outside, like you, she's been telling her story forever. Mm-hmm. Through those songs, um, through those lyrics through and those everything. Yeah, yeah. Songs. Exactly, exactly. So she was like, either I'm going to do this book with Michaela or we're not going to do this book. So tell us when the the idea actually came to life. When was the first day that it was official and we're going to sit down and do this. Like how long, how long was the process? Well, you know, it, it was on and off because Mariah knew that she wanted to write her story 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, we hadn't really discussed it, meaning that I'm going to write it with you. Like what I just explained. So she knew that she had a, a story to tell a while ago. When we actually started the process, I would say about, Three years ago, I remember getting a call from an agent or someone. And it's like, okay, Mariah's ready to mm. do this book now. Mm-hmm. And and a lot of it was just where she was in her life. And interestingly enough, our first kind of session, our interview, there's a whole chapter called My Cousin Vinny that we did with, with one of her family members who, during this process, just recently passed away. So, it's, so mm. it was like, there were so many kind of magical, mystical kind of destiny things that happened all along the way. Because I think that's just her existence in the world. So the, the official process probably started about three years ago. The full on writing process is, has been about two years. And then for me, I stopped. It was July, the end of July last year when I didn't take on any other big projects where like this was, I was committed to this full time. And does the process start when you and Mariah first like sit down together? So it's a lot of, is it just like her telling you stories or does she come to you with ideas of like, I want to have a chapter on this? Like how does, how does that partnership work? The process for me was so, it was so creatively fulfilling um, because let's, again, let's be clear. Mariah is a masterful artist. Mm-hmm. Agreed. So, yes. <laughs> we know. <laughs> and I'm talking from like a real artist perspective, meaning not it, it's not just the product. It's the process in which mm-hmm. you create that product. And that's where, re- where you see who's an artist and who's an entertainer. And there's no shade, but there's a big difference. Mm-hmm. An artist process is very different. And, there's a there's a depth to it that is really sig- significantly different. It's even different than you know writing articles or blogs. Like this kind of narrative writing and storytelling has a very di- it's more like in a fine art space, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So our our process was she 
told masterful stories. And here was our goal. And this was particularly for me as someone that had to really work on style because the, the, the notion or the, the intention was that as a reader, that when you read this book, you are going to be having an experience with Mariah mm. and her, the way that she tells stories. They're not linear. You know, it's, this is not a biography. Mm-hmm. It's memoir, which is a different genre, right? So it's not, you know, this happened in 1962. And the, like right. she tells stories that she goes on tangents, but you always come back to this journey. Like there's always themes around it. And also we talked again, because we had had such a foundation in talking about music and, and musicality and melody, the book we wanted the reading to have a musicality to it. So there was parts of the storytelling where, you know, straight narrative. And then then there were other parts that were almost kind of poetic. She sang a lot during Mm -hmm. the storytelling because what you'll find when you get the book, so much of it is the the stories behind the music, behind the songs, like real life experiences that shape them. So um, we would record stories and then get them transposed and then start to craft them into narrative stories. It was almost like doing it. I felt like a writer doing an album with a great musician. Mm. And she Uh felt like a great musician writing a book with a writer. So like we were going in like trading places and it was just the two of us, like almost until we got to really a good first draft. We didn't really even work with um, the editor of the publishing house. And so the process was very intimate and deeply creative. And I felt like I was working with a master. And again, that was one of the reasons why I felt I really needed to fully respect the craft of writing, like my craft of writing. Like I couldn't work with her like I was doing a magazine article. Like mm. it, it, it had to it had to be much more literary. And so in order to do that, it's almost like going to the, you have to build up muscles and she's, she's already an Olympian, Mm -hmm. you know, in her art, in her music. And what I learned is how she was able to put out all that music and how she did it. Cause in our writing room was kind of like the equivalent of being in a studio. She is a, she is, is genius and she's in control. Like, excuse me, when she's working with different producers, Mariah is in control. There's no, there's no Svengali. There's no one kind of pushing buttons for her. This is the part of her life where she's got this. Like she's, she's the pilot. She has agency. She, she governs that space. So when it comes to the, the part of intertwining sort of the narrative with the music, that had to be a whole new sort of, concept for you and was that was Mm -hmm. that easy to do because mariah is so musical was she able to sort of like help you with with how that happens you know my my early research before we started before we started like um officially start working on the book how i prepared for her was to look at her songs um, and just the lyrics, meaning mm-hmm. not listening to the music. Cause I would, 
I was also so attaching the lyrics with the melody and her incredible voice. So those things, all those elements together um, make the songs incredible. Like, you know, my all wouldn't be my all without those vocals, Mm -hmm. right, in that way. However, stripping away her vocals and the melody and whatever samples or whatever else, I just looked at the sheer words and the lyrics. And that became kind of my framework, like even before we started working. So I had already started to have the way that she wrote songs become almost an internal rhythm for how to write. One of the most interesting revelations that I've had, not just writing this book, but now that it's out in the world, is her relationship with her fans. Like it is the realest. It is so real. It is. I don't know if you all have seen the um, interview that she did with Oprah. I think it went live yesterday. Watching it. (laughs) Right. So, which I think, don't you think she was great in that interview? Like Uh, we were saying, yeah, we were saying, who is this person speaking? Because she never opens up like that on such a deep level. It's the first time we've ever seen Mariah speak so freely. So freely, but with also with so much agency, like she mm-hmm. was free, but she was also confident mm-hmm. and she didn't, because you know what, because we did the, she did it. She did the work. She excavated her. She emancipated that little girl in her. So once you do something that, with that kind of, like she goes there, mm-hmm. emotion, like she did the emotional work mm-hmm. to tell all the truth. Mm-hmm. And so once you tell all your truth, there is, you know, her last line in, in that interview was saying that she feels freer. There's a, f- she is freer. Yeah. She's, you know, and so, but her, her, when we wrote this, when she recalled that story in Schenectady, um, and it's so beautifully laid out in the book about when she discovered who her fans really were, like it was, it's a moment. It is a mm-hmm. seismic shift in her life, in her interior self. Not just because there are a lot of people that love their fans. Taylor Swift loves sure, their fans. Sure, sure. But mm-hmm. this is. It's on a more intrinsic level. The way that her fans love her, know about her, it's it's incredible. But now I get it. And, and also, it's been incredibly rewarding to me as a writer. I've never seen people so excited about getting a book in my life. Yes, it's true. <laughs> like, I know they're like decorating their reading nooks and talking about it and tweeting at me. And it's, inc- it's, it's incredible. Yeah, it definitely is. I mean, even from our point of view, I think we are, you know, from the little bit that we know of this book, I think we're about to see a whole new Mariah and we are so excited for it. Like we, we don't get to see Mariah in this sort of formation this platform of like telling the story because we always you know we hear her story through her music but we have to dissect that but here she just lays it all out 
And I love that from the Oprah interview, she said she's much freer and, you know, Mm -hmm. she's done the work. So over the past, like, years of you knowing her, have you seen that shift in Mariah, like, from the time you first met her to, like, finishing this book? And and can you see that confidence is is much more there? I mean, you're, you're firsthand with her. I've certainly seen her evolve as a, as a human, as a, as a woman, because as I said, as an artist and particularly as a vocalist and musician, what else can she do? Like Mm -hmm. she has broken all the records. She's had all the hits, you know, musically that she, she can maintain and, and, you know, even pulling out the rarities. Like obviously she has so much music as proof of sort of um, excellence and existence and, depth but this is her as the human being as a woman as a as a black woman in america in this time what's what was so interesting for us is the timing of these stories like Mm, as we are living in this moment of just reckoning and and people having to really have real conversations about complex identities yeah in a real way and she's I mean, I think so much of her fan base is very complex too. Meaning, like I, when I go to her Christmas shows, I've never seen such a diverse crowd in my entire life. Like, mm-hmm. first of all, my best friend that comes with me is Muslim, so I've got this Muslim <laughs> friend who's the biggest lamb in the world going to a Christmas show, yes. and then <laughs> and then we can be standing in front of like an old Jewish couple, and next to them is like, you know, like a trans Native American person, like. Every kind of person is united through this musical experience. And so for her to now say, listen, at the complexity of who I am as as a human and the complexity of me trying to navigate in this time, in this skin, in this gender, in this industry, it was really important for her personally, but also socially like it we didn't plan it we we didn't plan oh let's write a book where america has its biggest reckoning with race since the civil rights movement like yeah you know we couldn't have planned that and we couldn't have planned it to be a moment for books like because of covid people are buying books people are reading books people are put like designing books behind them on on television through zoom like books are having a moment and so for her, I've seen, I mean, you saw it in the, in the interview, like the way oh, yeah. that she was seemed much more possessed mm-hmm. and like her, she still has an incredible sense of humor. She's one of the funny, like we have spent times literally crying, laughing, like to the point where we have to take breaks and whatever. But so she has this incredible sense of humor, but she didn't, I feel like her humor as a defense mechanism what isn't there anymore because she doesn't have as much to defend Uh she can just be funny now you know and so um i've watched her be more self-confident the confidence that you see the confidence that she has in the in the studio as a singer is incredible like so confident so aware so full of faith that all her work and craft will come together and she sings with incredible confidence but then when the, when the you know when the session is over she's there with herself and so 
now that confidence as a human being is closer to her as an art. Like the split between Mariah the artist and Mariah the woman doesn't seem as far anymore. Mm-hmm. I think that's what's exciting me the most now based on what you said is that Mariah's writing is so prolific and, and in the fine arts, you can look at yes. look at the lyrics of Eighth Grade from the Caution album. When you really study those lyrics, just the words, you're inside her yes. body, looking through her eyes, and you're thinking her thoughts. It's such a masterful song. It is. Wait, wait till you, when y'all hear the when you all hear the audible, you <laughs> are going. Listen, y'all better. I don't know what kind of <laughs> snacks and beverages. Yeah, you need I will do all of them. <laughs> you need. You need all because she reads it with such like nuance and feeling. Mm. She's singing like it's. Mm, it's so good but you really do it's an experience it is not an uh, it's not like an audible book it's it's a journey in her it's as close to the experience that i was having with her you all are going to have like hearing her tell the stories in her voice with the songs layered in Mm. and their vocals are new it's Mm. (laughs) y'all it's gonna be it's it's going to be a thing but but yes I'm a feminist, right? And I identify as a feminist. And so part of me, even before, you know, when I said before uh, emancipation, I never considered myself a lamb. Mm -hmm. But I was, I felt that Mariah was never, ever acknowledged as the artist that she was, the the songwriter, Mm -hmm. the producer. I, I, I always contended, if she were a male artist, that would have been front and center. Yeah. How much she wrote and how much she produced and how many number one hits did she write? You know, and so I always felt like with particularly with women, you had to they put because she was so her voice was so profound and special and because she was beautiful, like they almost positioned her in a way. Uh, you know, like a Whitney or any other kind of songstress. Yeah. But be- under, uh, behind that, what, because you have agency when you write your own song. Mm-hmm. You're not sitting and waiting for Clyde Davis or Tommy Mottola or anybody to find, to pick you a hit. Mm-hmm. She made her own. So as a feminist, her agency as an artist was so under celebrated, undervalued. I thought she was always infantilized. Yeah. I felt like, you know, I was, I was the editor, um, the fashion director at Vibe Magazine and one of the founding editors. And I never thought the hip hop community gave her her flowers because the amount of rappers and the amount of of guests, the, the, the way that she was able to almost bring hip hop to mainstream was incredible. Every right. Nas, Busta, Cameron, Mob Deep, like everybody. Like she has more guests. I mean, she was doing it at the same capacity as say Diddy. Mm-hmm. When Diddy Diddy was taking rappers and putting them with R and B singers. That mm-hmm. was like such a kind of fresh thing that he did. She was already doing that. Yeah. She was the singer. She was with every great rapper has like couldn't wait to work with Mariah. But when it comes to talking about hip hop history. And where she is in the, you know, because they have they have hip hop courses at Yale and the Academy in American history 
talks about hip hop as, you know, but they don't include Mariah Carey. Mm-hmm. And right. those things always annoy. So as a feminist and activist, I was always annoyed that Mariah Carey wasn't included in these more, in the institutional. The Songwriter Hall of Fame. Yes. Look how long that took. How many hits do you have to get to get into the Hall of Fame? How many hits? Yeah. And that, I mean, so that, so I was always frustrated. I was more frustrated and like the activist in me was much more interested in Mariah as an artist and as a public figure Mm -hmm. and watching what I thought was patriarchy and all these other things. Yes. Um, Can we talk about the the 2006 Grammys when she had the biggest album for emancipation and the award for the album of the year went to U2? (laughs) Right. No hits from that album from another country. They had nowhere near the sales she had. Mariah had this juggernaut album and was totally left out of that. It was mind-boggling. Yes, and it was mind-boggling, infuriating, because you also knew the politics that were, were, the politics at MTV, the like they just, this, but but what's so great in the book is she's triumphant over all of it. Mm -hmm. In the end, not to say that it wasn't painful and she wasn't painfully aware of it, but in the end, she lived to tell her story. Mm -hmm. And in the end, nobody cares about Tommy Mantola's Nobody cares. Mm-hmm. Like at that time, what seemed so insurmountable in terms of the music industry and who was controlling it, it's a totally different world. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And, and Mariah is standing. And she's like, still here. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yes. And still so relevant. Right. And she's able to now share her story. And it's, it's just an, an amazing thing because not many people get to do that in the way that Mariah has been doing it. Yeah, I think I think the song and the songwriting was incredibly important in mm-hmm. the same way that and that was Prince's intention when he was working on his memoir, but he didn't live through it. And, yeah. and when Prince died, we had a whole moment about that. Like literally Mariah is the last one alive in that trifecta in in well it's more than trifecta. Michael yeah, Jackson, yeah, that, Prince, and Mariah Carey. That well, group um, of and icons. Whitney. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, the, the verses yeah. on, t- on um, Instagram now, people are asking, who's, gonna, who's Mariah going to verse in this battle? And there's literally no one that can even come close to sitting next it's, to her. It's Mariah versus Mariah. Yeah. We all know that. <laughs> I know. We know that. So there's, the, there's this meme where it's, where it's like Mariah... Um, and it's like her as a little princess. And then next to it says Mariah, like uh, remixes. And it's her throwing up gang signs. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Because right. It's because true. she has such a wide variety of music that she, from all kinds of different genres, that she could literally yes. battle her own self. Like, battle her <laughs> herself. Because I love the dance remixes. Like, oh, the, my God, me you too. know, the, oh, that's a whole other thing. Yeah, that's a whole other thing. Come yes. on, that's that, a whole ball. Yeah. We talked about that. Like, we have to have a whole, like, glitter ball. Like, a yes. whole, you know, it's a whole moment. And the, she actually talks about this in, in the book. And this is where her genius comes in. She often would make four different versions of one song, like mm-hmm. one right. for adult contemporary radio, one for urban radio. One for the club kids, mm-hmm. you know, and then a remix. Like she thought about all those audiences because also the racial divides and, and the cultural divides in radio were so 
clear, like right, the very LGBTQ like this, kids. this, and this. There's yes. no crossing the boundaries. No crossing the bound. And if you were adult contemporary radio, you couldn't have any ad libs. You couldn't have any um, rap guests or any like intense R and B vocal runs. Like it was a whole thing. So mm-hmm. she knew that all these groups loved her and she loved them. And so, yeah, it, it, it can only be Mariah versus Mariah. Do you have a great idea for a podcast, but don't know where to start? You need to know about anchor.fm. Anchor has created tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Add songs from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never heard before. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so we can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more podcast platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Best of all, it's completely free. So take the first step. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. So I just want to change the topic a little bit. Sure. One that's part of Mariah's genius is also her her dive into the acting world. Is she going to talk about making mm. the movie Glitter? And and one thing that mm. the Lambs know about and want to know more about is that we know Glitter wasn't the original script. There's there's another script that exists. Does yeah. she talk about that yeah. at all in the book? She does. She talks about the whole process of Glitter and making okay. it and the difficulty of the actual process and how there were script changes every day and a lot of like there's there's some very interesting little tidbits in there about people who she originally wanted to be in certain parts and like yeah she'll she goes there and the acting and acting is a very it's like this underlying thing about her wanting to act and the resistance to that at at a certain point and so that's what i'm really looking forward to for her in the future because now once you've told your story you can do whatever you want Mm -hmm. you know like no one gets to define her right and so and and you'll be you'll actually be able to hear it when you hear her read this book she's not just reading it like any old she's living it like it's it's a moment it's so good and i'm glad you bring up the acting and i hope after you read it I hope the fans, I can't wait to, I cannot wait to see what y'all pull out and see, because like the lines that you will pick up, the nuances, the quotes, they're so good. They're so creative. Like we couldn't even sit there and like what, what the fans (laughs) will pick up and turn into a moment is so exciting. I can't wait. Well, we've yeah. got 300 pages of stuff. We're actually, like, yeah, we're actually starting a separate podcast dedicated to chapter by chapter so we can break down and pick out and highlight and <laughs> accentuate, accentuate. We'll be doing that whole thing. Yes, we're ready for it. We're ready. <gasps> oh, my gosh. You'll let me know, right, so I can listen and subscribe. Like, because I just, again, as, as just as a writer, I'm just so... You don't know what this like as a writer. No one gets this excited about a book. This coming like to having groups and mm-hmm. you know people getting prepared and 
we're going to do a chapter by chapter breakdown. <laughs> yes, it's yes. So it's so it's so rewarding. Like because it's a lot of work. Like she did a lot of work emotionally, artistically, psychologically. I did a lot of work. Like I gave up my life, uh-huh. you know, to just because I wanted to give it the justice that it deserved, meaning the attention and the writing. And, you know, people don't know that, mm-hmm. you know, that what you, what you quote unquote sacrifice, even though it's a great honor, it's a great privilege. I'm not, this isn't any kind of poor me moment, but mm. it just, it, it's a lot of work. And so when you put in that kind of work and then you have all these people so excited yes, about it, yes. it's really rewarding. It really yeah. is. I don't take it for granted. I really don't. Tell me what it felt like to watch the Oprah interview and there's Mariah Carey talking to Oprah Winfrey, holding a book with your name on it. What was that moment like? <laughs> well, and it was so funny because I was actually able to, I lo- Mariah's like, we, you know, we're fam now. And so yeah, you have to be, I'm here. And so, but I, so, I, but I was able to zoom in while they were doing the interview. Oh, wow. Um, and so, right. So I was, I was able to watch it and, they talked it. They had a whole moment because I've done some things with, um, we call her mother. Oh, I've done some things with mother and there's nothing like her validating you. Uh-huh. Meaning Oprah. Like mm-hmm. there's nobody oh, yes. like you start with mother and then you can work your way down. And so for, for them, you know, this was off camera to hear them talk about the writing and how we work together talking about me. And then she was holding that book. Like it was a baby. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, every moment, like she was cradling the book and I'm just like, look at that. That's my, you know, so it was, an, it was so validating. Even MC and I, after that interview, were just so emotional because we had been in this bubble for so long and it took so much to get it out in the way that it did and to have it validated that way with Oprah Winfrey and the way that she kept comparing it to cast which is right. probably yeah. the most important book of the moment with one of the greatest living writers mm-hmm. ever. Like for me as a writer, I was dying. Mm-hmm. I was dying. Like I'm like when she said something, Oh, and I'm reading about cast. And, and then you talked about cast and this book in the same sentence, I was just like, okay, we're good now. Like, right. There are connections we, there. And this is your first book. Yeah, this is my first full book. Yeah. I'm, you know, I've contributed, I've done essays. I've, like I did, now I can, I feel I can call myself a writer. Uh-huh. Mariah Carey made me a writer. Yes. Before that, I was someone who could write, someone that, you know, again, even writing articles, it's a, it's a quicker kind of not so deep experience, even mm-hmm. though you want to put your, you know, there's excellence and craft and all that stuff connected to it. But this was different. This is much more, rewarding and i don't know if you all did you all read the la times review yes 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 yes, which was great it was fantastic because he took the book very seriously Mm -hmm. and he read it carefully but he didn't get sucked into the fandom Mm -hmm. he talked about it as a piece of literature like as a book not just a celebrity like you know any mariah could do anything and, and there's some excitement around it but when you take the work to, to write a book, you want it considered like a book. Mm-hmm. In addition to the, like the, the, the fan energy and the celebrity of her alone 
is almost already kind of this given like force of nature. Mm-hmm. Writing a book is hard work. Yes. And to be, so he acknowledged our work. And so did Oprah. Like you could tell Oprah read this book yes. carefully. And she was ca- recalling stories. And that's all you, you want. It's another kind of validation. And both of it, like when we read, because this LA Times was our first major review. And Oprah was the first major interview. Mm-hmm. And so the, it, the, it, the level is set now. Right. We're like, okay, the people that we care about get it as a book, as a piece of work, as a piece of literature, because this is her legacy too. Yeah. Like a book is another level of legacy. And she has a lot of legacy in terms of her music. And I just, I, I know that people are going to read the book, go back, listen to the music read it some more, go look at the video. Like they're going to have, it's going to be like this multi-sensational situation. And, you know, and you're going to probably fall in love with new songs. Like, you know, I recall this, like I used to be, I mean, I have lots of songs I love. And I loved the Fly Away reprise, which again, I love how mm-hmm, mm-hmm. this. Yes. <laughs> and that was, that was one of my favorites. I would put it in the, on in the morning and twirl around, right? Because it's got that airy, beautiful... And there's a freedom and to her vocals I, too. You can feel freedom yes. coming through. Yes. When you all read the story behind that, you're going to love it even more. Just ah. that little, <laughs> juicy, beautiful little. And then I was a huge 4th of July fan. Because uh-huh. also those sort of airy moments that, that feel free and, you know, I love those songs. Right. And so... I was like, oh my God, I love for the July. She's like, yes, I love for the July too. But, you know, I really was trying to get a song that, that was like underneath the stars. Yes. And I was I've like, always, I've sort of always equated those two in the same sense. She really paints I a picture. Yes. I didn't put it together. And she's like, you know, she revealed to me that she, well, she loves all her songs, like, but um, underneath the stars, she, she she alluded to me that she preferred that to ah. like the fourth of July. <laughs> I could I could I, I I would think I would agree with her on that because she definitely so mentions then it I, so now often. I've switched I've switched order. Like now it's underneath the stars. Uh-huh. Like I love it. So she so this this book has made me love a different songs in different ways. And then some of it, like the lyrics to side effects. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh my god oh my yeah. god like there there's and there are a couple of other songs that were you know kind of b-sides or whatever the lyric even though the melodies i wasn't as crazy about sometimes the lyrics were much more profound and oh so i f- i feel like people are gonna enter her songs differently and people who aren't fans are going to respect her mm-hmm. I think, no matter yeah, like you yeah. can't not respect her after this i think that's going to be the most interesting stories to hear about the songs because like again back to the fine arts i really think a lot they're obviously like the pop and fun songs like touch my body and heartbreaker mm-hmm. but when you get to songs like eighth grade or the roof you go back and you study them and you have to keep thinking about them and keep listening to them and 
keep interpreting yes. what they are. And so you kind of come, come up with your own theories and you and you have a, you can almost write an essay about them afterwards and you change your well, theories you over time. But so it'd be really interesting to see what it actually is about from the artist herself. Well, you know, and, and to, you know, I'm glad that you said this idea about writing essays about them because there was another thing that I was cranky about is that there's a lot of scholarship in talking about the importance of Beyonce. There's a there's scholarship. I mean, on, in can, on college campuses and mm-hmm. in the academy, right, yes, yes. talking about talking about Nicki Minaj, right. talking about Rihanna. Like I have been to lectures about what you know this disruption of these kind of artists and women are in a very intellectual, academic kind of way. Mm-hmm. And one of I had this a, a really brilliant young woman that worked with me on transcribing, and she actually really helped me on. Um, some copy editing and stuff like that. Cause she's a fan. She's this very prestigious program at Columbia where you're getting your master's and your PhD at the same time. Mm. And she wrote a legitimate academic paper on Mariah Carey. And in her research, she found that there were no Mariah Carey scholars in the academy. Like there had been no one who wrote in the same way for an academic paper. Like it's for, it was for like, and I was like, I hope, this book starts to do that, like where she's talked about with the same kind of complexity and seriousness of other artists who have done important things in the culture. But I would argue without the same length and depth as she has. Yeah. yeah. And I would agree with that. I mean, Martin and I are always talking and a lot of the Lamely talks about Mariah doesn't get her, her just due. Her, she doesn't get her flowers. She's not recognized for the depth that she has, because there's just this image of her from, you know, her uber femininity to like her basic pop songs. But there's so much more going on there, not even just in her music, but as a human, as a woman and her whole life. And this is why I can't wait for everybody to read this book. We kind of joke that if we're out and about and speak to someone who doesn't like Mariah or doesn't get it or talk smack about her, we instantly think they're stupid. Because like, like, they you don't, don't, they, they you don't get the, the <laughs> they depth. They don't get it. They're, like, you are superficial if you're dazzled by the superficiality. Yeah. Right, right. You know, like, you're not you're not going in, kids. Like, mm-hmm. that, particularly as a woman artist, there are very, 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 very few that have reached her. It's almost like she wasn't allowed to be really successful and really proficient at the same time. Mm-hmm. You know, like, or or she or she couldn't be you know, sexy and glittery, like mm-hmm. only people like, I don't know, Stevie Wonder or these people that are, that everyone recognizes as prolific songwriters, their persona is more serious, for mm-hmm. lack of better words. <laughs> yeah, like I'm and a musician for, at the piano. I'm yes, serious. Yes, or yeah. like, yeah, or like, you know, if you're a woman, you have, yeah, you have to sit them at the piano, like, mm-hmm. you know, whether it's like Alicia Keys or Roberta Flack or those kind of, even even then they're still not, I don't like, this is the, that's why this book on just personally as a feminist, as an activist, as someone that now who just really loves her as a human, Mm -hmm. I'm so grateful that we were able to put this book out because this is now y'all can refer all those people who don't like her. Now you can refer her to page, you know? (laughs) So so this morning I literally typed up, the uh, Lee 18 Price letter 
from the Oprah interview oh. because I thought that is a receipt I'm just going to send to people when right. they talk smack. Mm. Just read this letter. <laughs> I'd have to say no more. Wait, listen. You're going to, because we were crying on, there was a reason why Mariah was, I was boohooing because when you read the story before the letter, Uh like how, what that means to her in response to her relationship with her mother, you're going to, again, get all the tissues. Oh my gosh. And to hear Oprah read that letter from Leontine was such, yes. And for and for and Mariah, like what a validating moment for her. Like, and that's also what people are gonna find out. It's not about the Grammys and the, you know, those are important. But yeah. the, this kind of validation is on a soul level. Big time. And mm-hmm. like and me and Dan can talk, we literally have spoken for hundreds of hours about <laughs> Mariah. That one letter from Leotine, a supreme vocalist, a supreme musician, that could trumps everything Bravo. that we've ever done or that Bravo. or any award could ever be. Like it, it was really just heartwarming as a fan to see Mariah get that accolade. Right. Cause she, there's so often when she doesn't. There's actually even more in that letter that she didn't read where she talked about her compositions. Mm-hmm. Like Leontine Price talked about the composition. I want to read that. Of her songs. <laughs> I want to read it. You're going to, you're going to, you're going to die. You're going to be. And for those of us, so I'm now connecting myself with you by saying that I'm among the ones who did, who have felt that she didn't get her just due. Yeah. And yeah. This is so satisfying mm-hmm. for that, and and so inspiring. Yeah, like, yeah, I can't believe you're all going to do a, a the whole podcast. Yes, yes, yes. I cannot wait. <laughs> um, I so, can't yeah. wait. Well, that uh, the Leontine letter is also it's not almost a magical moment. Also, we had Misty Copeland come onto our podcast, and she told us the story yes. about how Mariah inspired her to get into ballet. I feel like there's just nothing that can ever compare to those stories for Mariah. Yes. Like how amazing to yes. be that person that triggered Misty to become the first ever principal black principal dancer at ABT. Like there's nothing in the world that can compare to that. And there and the and the friendship and the sisterhood that mm-hmm. they have, yeah. you know, is so beautiful. And because also Mariah was that when there, there were like I my niece is my niece is blonde and no one would know that she's mixed race, like her father's French. You wouldn't really know, except for like, well, how'd she get that hair? Mm. And there was, and she was a little girl growing up in France, in Paris, and she had no one to look to but Mariah. Mm -hmm. And there are, there are hundreds of thousands of those stories, not just with, you know, women and girls, but, but she spoke very clearly to, and not just, you know, black and white mixed race. It was anybody who felt really on the outside that was my story that's how i connected to her because um, i didn't become a big fan until two, 1999 when the rainbow album was out and mariah mm-hmm. was i mean i knew mariah i knew the songs and the christmas song and hero and what have you but it wasn't until because i'm also mixed race i'm half latin half white grew up in sydney australia mm-hmm. we don't have a we don't have a big latin culture at all we don't have african-american you culture know. so yeah, i was I <laughs> the, so i was the brown yes. kid in my neighborhood the brown no yes. other, no one to relate to. So I was having this mixed race experience at school where I was the outsider. There was no one else like me. So, yeah. was, and I didn't know I was having the experience. And then in 1999, when Mariah spoke about it on Oprah, it was the first time I heard language. Oh, wow. And so that I was like, oh, uh-huh. this is who, like, oh my gosh, I didn't right. realize that about her. And Because you were yes. able to look beyond the glitz glamour. Exactly. And see that there's deepness there. There's right. something there. And, and, and there's something that, but what I love about the way that we that we talked about race in this book 
it is complicated. Mm -hmm. It's not, she's not like a Halle Berry type mixed race girl where Mm -hmm, you can tell, which Mm -hmm. is probably with you too. Like people can really tell they knew you're not white. You're you're not white. Mm -hmm. We don't know what you are. Well, well, sometimes not being white is just, that's just it. Yeah. It's much more complicated. Well, something, so in, so I realized this kind of recently with everything going on in America right now, because it kind of just stirred up all the race issues and brought up, brought this conversation to the surface. But in Glitter, the movie, there's that scene where little Billy goes to the orphanage and she meets her friends and they say, what are you? Yes. And that was my experience. And a lot of people's experience where you don't fit into the box, they can't tell what you are. So you get othered instantly all the time. That's it. And those are, that's, and there are very few people that really spoke to that. I mean, much later, mm-hmm. you know, Gaga had her little monsters or whatever, but, but she was talking to them, but she didn't embody it mm-hmm. in the same way. Mm-hmm. Mariah embodies it. And when you read her stories and, you know, Oprah kind of shared a couple of them, you know, the, particularly the, the horrific one about literally being kidnapped to the South Hamptons to be cornered and called the N word mm-hmm. like by her girlfriends. Mm-hmm. It wasn't even like, you know, just on the store on the, you know, in the playground or just, it was much more diabolical yeah. because these are people who you thought you were friends. Like th- these are things that happen. There are a couple of things that she recalls in the book that she had packed away mm-hmm. just for emotional survival. And right, a lot of times it's the first time you're going to hear them. So, uh, so here on the show, <laughs> you're gonna love it. Yeah, <laughs> so here on the show, we have this saying, you know, clutching our pearls. We will hear Mariah stories and clutch <laughs> our pearls. Was there any moments that you had when you were writing the book where you were like, oh my goodness? Because Oprah and um, Mariah were talking about the traumatic tra- childhood. It's and it's like it's it's hard for people to talk about their traumatic childhood because it is yeah. so traumatic. So a lot of people don't get to hear those things. Mm-hmm. So were you surprised by any? Of those stories she told? I was surprised by almost all of them. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, here's why I said yes to writing this book with her. She's, because I asked him, like, why do you want to write this book? Because I knew if I said yes, it was was like a man, like, if I said yes, it's going to be all in. And I knew it's going to be a lot of work. And she said that she wanted to emancipate the little girl Mm -hmm. inside of her. And that's when I said I'm in because... I know that there are little boys and girls, non-gender conforming children inside of people who need a voice, Mm -hmm. who haven't had a voice. And so that was this big universal reason to write this book. And so as I'm I'm getting emotional, just recall. So what happened in that, at that point was like, that was my that was our goal to to free little Mariah, mm-hmm. and so because of that, I I loved her. Like I I love that little girl. Like all those photos that you see, that little girl that was in the in the um, Oprah interview. I grew to love her and want to protect her. And when I heard what happened to her, was so there were times of, you know, when I said there were times we had to stop and cry laughing. There were times we just had to stop and cry. Mm. And just acknowledge what she survived. So there were many moments of it. Like the first third of the book were those kind of stories. I mean, it's a lot. This is going to be. There's some, there's some stories now that we cry, like in the audible, we cry and like we editing. And this is to Mariah's, the strength of her spirit, because editing is hard. You have to go over and over and over again. And we paid attention to every single word. 
So the fact that, say, for instance, this is a traumatic thing that happens in your life, you tell it once maybe in your, th- in your therapy session. Mm-hmm. But if it's in your book, you relive it four or five over, times. Over, over, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so um, there's just no getting over. The hardest, the clutching, I was more clutching my heart mm-hmm. for that little girl. Like mm-hmm. it was just like, oh my God, look what she did. Look what she lived through. Look mm-hmm. what she survived and her faith. I got to, Mariah has taught me a lot about faith and a lot about vision. And I need it now. We all need it now mm-hmm. to get through now, this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that I feel so grateful that we're able to put something out into the world in this moment where we really need it. Yeah. This book is going to be, it's going to be what we all need. I'm telling you, this book, it's going to be the shining light for a lot of people in this dark, dark world of 2020. I hope this so. is going to be a, this is going to mm-hmm. be a fun, at least a joyful experience to read this book. So we'll thank you so much for it. being involved and getting it yeah. out there for us. Uh, oh, I, I, it is a, um, it's a privilege. It's an honor. I had a transformative experience and it's just so much fun now that it's out in the world. Like it's a real thing now. Like it's on its way. It's being mm-hmm. shipped mm-hmm. <laughs> to people. Like it's it's, it's a real in people's thing. hands. Like, like it's a physical thing now. It, it I is. know when that Oprah interview really both of us were like, oh wow, it's real now. Yep, like she here was we go. she was very honest. Like I haven't been able to celebrate because we were still doing Audible mm. at the time of that interview, so it didn't feel we haven't had an exhale. Uh-huh. around it yet mm-hmm. but that's wrapped now too so um the 29th is a moment and and i i'm here's the other thing i love i think that the the fans the lambs are going to make the 29th when it comes out a moment because you know it's the first pres- presidential debate yeah right and it'll it's... be something else going on besides that i think like, the so lambs I are going to like yeah the lambs are going to be quiet they're going to be reading the book at home <laughs> You're not going to hear from anybody. <laughs> I, I hope. I hope that like at least the p- first top part of the day before yeah. the debates begin, everybody's like on social media saying that they got their book. Like just you know because yes. we, sometimes we need other things to think about mm-hmm. right. in this moment. It's true. It's so very true. I I'm grateful to you. Please, I I'm so interested to see what you. What, um, how we are, what, what moves we, you how you experience mm-hmm. the book what we extract yeah. from it yeah and, and how it yes. affects us yeah i'm really As looking Mariah forward Carey to it. experts yes, yes. <laughs> but i can already tell from just from speaking with you and watching the oprah interview and all the great reviews from the la times and and more to come i'm sure that this is this is going to be big and i'm going to connect with mariah in even more ways than i already do and i'm so excited for that mm-hmm. very very much mm-hmm. so but right before we let you go i, I want to sort of ask the same question that oprah had asked mariah mm-hmm. now that everything is done and it's going to be in everyone's hands what from your experience because you put everything aside you basically immersed mm-hmm. yourself into this project to make it the best mm-hmm. that it could be and it's hard mm-hmm. work what is the one word that would sum up this experience and uh, uh, and the release of this book for you. Thank you for asking me that. Well, yes. And it's 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 obvious, I think, but emancipated. Mm-hmm. Ah. I feel emancipated as a writer, and I feel that that goal of emancipating that little girl, like we did it. Yeah, the goal has been you know, achieved. Like, yeah, yeah, we did it. 
I love that. I love that. And I'm I'm so looking forward to this as so many others are. And we appreciate all the work that you put into it. And I can tell that you are genuine about it and you're enthusiastic just like we are. And that's the, the best so thing. So enthusiastic. Yeah. Oh, I can't wait for you all to read it. I really can't wait for people who's you're going to, because you're going to appreciate it in a whole new way. Like, yes, I'm going to love the reviews and the, all that stuff, but you all, she taught me to really care about you first. You know, that's why I haven't, you know, this is kind of, I mean, I did that little IG live, which is very grassroots, very Mm fan-based and before I'm doing some other things later, but, but that's because of her that I'm talking to the lambs and the fans first. Oh, and then yeah. the other stuff comes. Well, we but, appreciate but also it. You all are teaching me so much. We appreciate yeah. it. And I love that like just touched my heart right there because that's the Mariah that I like that, sh- that she is that giving and caring and she does care about us. And I feel that from her. Wait till you read yeah. it. You're going to know for sure. And the whole world's going to know it. it is not. It's so it's the realest thing in her life. Wow. You know, because you all were there even before Rock and, and Row. Like, mm-hmm. uh-huh. you, it's, you'll, you, you. Mm. <laughs> it's almost like there's, you don't even know what's coming. I love it. I love I'm gonna it. Catch y'all, <laughs> I'm going to catch y'all on the other side of the 29th. We'll, yes. We'll, let's, you know. Definitely. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you Get again so thank, much. Thank we you will, so much. We will continue to be in touch and, and, and things of that nature. We hope um, this whole release experience for you is as pleasurable for, as, for you as it is for us. It already is. Thank you. Appreciate you. <laughs> All, All right. right. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye. Happy reading. Bye. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> wow. What a real thrill to have I Michaela mean, herself it, on here. I know. And just, I, I love that whole conversation. And I can't wait to have this book in my hands. I know. It sounds it's, so good. It's going to be, it's going to be a whole revelation. I just got so excited when she was talking about how Mariah's, writing you're going to be able to have those experiences as mm. mariah and let's not forget she also said that there's new vocals new vocals ah! <laughs> i know that's i don't think she realizes what that means it's like that is like, <laughs> that's like gold for yeah, a lamb new vocals ah! yeah <laughs> um and we just go wild but yeah we really cannot cannot well i had an epiphany afterwards yeah. So this is going to be experienced like the first time we saw Glitter and we saw Mariah for more than 10 minutes. Right. Doing something that we're not used to her doing. Exactly. So we're going to be reading about Mariah for more than an article or a song. Mm -hmm. It's the first time we're going to have this big piece of literature about Mariah. It's 100% because we get her in small chunks and then we have to like sew all those small chunks together. But here it is Uh all laid out for us. It's going to be good. It is going to be good. So thank you guys for tuning in and joining us. Don't forget, subscribe to the book club. It's called the Mariah Book Report. It's over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And we're going to be breaking down the book chapter by chapter. You heard Michaela. We've got to dissect it (laughs) and theorize. We don't even know what's coming. And by the end of it, you will have a PhD. Exactly. (laughs) So um, tune in next week. And the book report's coming. Bye. Bye.